All right, all right, everybody. Today we're going to talk about practice. So take your seats. Take your seats, everybody. Thanks. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, a podcast that's devoted to the art and the science and the practice of creating positive, sustainable change. I saw what you did there. (laughs) So if there's any habit or behavior or pattern in your life that you'd like to change, any way in which you're working towards a better version of yourself, then this podcast is the place for you. Mm -hmm. I'm Monica Reinagel. I'm here with my co-host, Brock Armstrong. Hi, everybody. And we bring our training in nutrition, in fitness, in cognitive behavioral theory, along with our extensive experience as coaches, helping thousands of people create change in their health and their bodies and their mindset and their habits and their lifestyle to this podcast where we'd like to help you do the same thing. That is absolutely correct. And you may have heard me sort of sneak in there saying, I saw what you did there. And the reason that I said that is because, I mean, the last episode, we actually, we dove into how support actually comes in many different forms. We often think that support is just from the people around us, or we only get support from our family or our friends, but we realized that it uh, it actually comes from a lot more than that, including our, our physical space around us. But you can listen to that episode and find out more. But again, the reason why I uh, chimed in with, I saw what you did there when Monica mentioned the word practice, is because that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is number six of our eight things that we believe are essential to create lasting change in our lives. And, and this one is practice. And why that is important. And also why it's a little more nuanced and maybe a little more deep than you might think. But we'll get into that in a bit. But before we do, we like to talk about some of the things that we've been working on in our own lives at the beginning of each episode. So, Monica, what have you been uh, what have you been working on? Well, it has been a week. And to be honest with you, my focus this week has been a little bit less on what I'm trying to change in my own life and a little bit more on the changes that I'd like to participate in the world. Just for context, we should probably say this is we recorded this on June 2nd, mm-hmm. 2020. We're still involved in the COVID-19 and also um, things have really come to uh, a head, um, racially speaking, in the United States and around the world. Right. And I am here in the United States in Baltimore, Maryland, as a matter of fact, where we have been experiencing protests every single night. And and I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about that here because that's not what our podcast is about. But what I have been working on this week is learning how to become a better ally for my co-citizens who do not enjoy the same safety and freedom and opportunity that I do and how I can work on change, positive change in our society to help bring those things into action. So that's what I've been working on. That's a very worthy endeavor and and something that I've also been doing, but it's not what we're going to cover in today's episode. Well, sure. And, you know, when we are always talking about change, it seemed like we should at least mention some of the other bigger changes that we are trying to bring about in the world. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I've been working on sort of relates to that with the fact that um, social media is really so important in these times, but can also be very difficult in times of change and times of turmoil and 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 all of that, I have been finding myself spending more time on social media, but I'm practicing not doing that at the exclusion of my friends and family who are actually here with me and and needing my attention and my my presence here. So as important as I feel it is to be keeping up to date on things and be participating online and and acting as an ally. 
I still have a, a, a dedication and a, a responsibility to be here for my for my partner first of all, and anybody else who is around. So my my practice of this week has been turning off my phone when somebody is actually speaking to me in real, putting it aside. I can come back to it later. The more important thing is supporting the people right in front of me instead of uh, worrying about online because that can wait. Absolutely. Well, let's dig into this week's topic. Why don't we? Um, yeah. Which is the fact that once you have identified something that you want to change, we've already been through five of the eight things that we believe to be essential. But once you have an objective and a goal and a compelling reason and all the things that we've been talking about, the fact is that turning a new behavior into a solid habit requires repetition, mm-hmm. practicing our behaviors. That's how we actually create habits. And I think sometimes we tend to feel that as soon as we have practiced a new desired behavior once, we've accomplished our mm-hmm. mission. Yay, I took a run today, you know, and really all we've done is lay down a marker. I was thinking today, it's kind of like when you're trying to drill a hole in a wall. And, uh, and the wall is really hard and the drill bit just keeps bouncing off of it. And so sometimes what you do is you take a, a nail and a hammer and you start a little pilot hole. And it, but you still need to get your power drill out in order to mm. actually drill the hole. So the first repetition of a desired behavior, it's kind of like the pilot hole. And then all the repetitions after that is what actually drills the hole and creates the habit. How's that for an analogy? You know, I love my analogies. You do, and I appreciate your analogies. I was just thinking the, so every revolution of the drill bit is is the <laughs> sure. practice, 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 practice as it spins. Yeah, sure. That, it, it works on so many levels. <laughs> At the same time, I want to just caution everyone to beware the tyranny of the streak. Mm. You know, in her book, Better Than Before, Gretchen Rubin actually suggests creating a a streak as a way to continue a behavior as a strategy. So for anybody who doesn't actually know or isn't familiar with the term streaking or the streak, it's not actually about getting naked and running through (laughs) the streets or or a baseball game. Uh, It's actually, let's say you want to become a runner or runners often do this. Uh, This is the most familiar one in my world anyway is that somebody will decide that they're going to go for a run every single day and just see how long they can go without missing a day. This can apply to to really anything, but I think the run streak is is one of those things. But that's that's what we're talking about in terms of a streak is repeating that behavior every single day with the objective of just seeing how long you can do it without missing a day. Yeah, and the fear I have about that is that not breaking the streak becomes your sole motivation for continuing. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a, a dangerous place to be because sooner or later, something will come up that will break your streak. And, uh, and then it's as if there's no reason to continue because you've broken the streak. And I just want to emphasize that creating a new behavior doesn't mean that you will never fail or never lapse. It just means that you're dedicated to practicing that new behavior more times then you don't. That's important. It's not a hundred percent or zero percent kind of a situation. So let's say my objective is to be someone who only has one or two alcoholic drinks a week instead of one or two alcoholic drinks a day. So my goal might be to abstain from alcohol on the weekdays and then maybe enjoy a beer, glass of wine or something on the weekend. And let's say after I make this resolution, I go a couple of weeks, maybe three, four weeks without uh, departing from that goal. 
and I'm practicing that new behavior. But then there comes a week where I have a drink on a Tuesday. I invite you out to a, a after work party or something. Sure. And I break my streak or my my rule or my goal and I have a drink during the weekday. That doesn't mean that I've failed to achieve my objective or that I have to go back to zero and start counting again. I just will return to that new behavior and resume practicing it. So if you find this idea of not breaking your streak gives you a little extra energy or it's fun for you to count how many days you've gone or how many weeks you've continued your streak, that's all well and good. Just make sure that that is not your sole motivation, uh. the desire not to break your streak, because I think you're really kind of setting yourself up for for failure there. Well, that really is the epitome of all or nothing thinking too. That whole idea that I either do this every single day or it's over. Never again. And I've and I've broken it. And a lot of the time, yeah, that means I only know actually one person in in my world anyway who's continued a run streak after a lapse. But that's extraordinary because most of the time once it's broken, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of motivation, a lot of willpower to get yourself back into it. Whereas what you're proposing is so much easier and so much more forgiving in so many ways and so much more realistic. And so much more effective because yeah. you, when you think about it, obviously you're going to get a lot more benefit out of something that you do 80% of the time for the foreseeable future than something that you do 100% of the time for 30 days or 45 days or whatever it is. And then you have a break and then you never go back. Yeah. So years and years ago, when I first actually met you, Monica, I was listening to your podcast in, in her other life. Monica is a nutritionist and has a podcast all about nutrition and, and diet and stuff. And one of the things that was so appealing about your philosophy was the phrase that you have of you're not as good as your best day, but you're also not as bad as your worst day. You are the major whatever you're doing the majority of the time is what That's defines right. it's you. your typical day that matters <laughs> and I, that applies to so many things that applies to fitness and nutrition of course but it also applies to any of these new changes or habits or lifestyles that we're trying to adopt or have adopted again it's like you're not as bad as the the day that everything all went to to hell and you're also not as good as the day that you used every ounce of your willpower and did everything perfectly right it's that rest of the time in between that really defines what you're right. doing. So yeah, I think the the idea of a streak is fun and it's a it's a goal in and of itself. And if it's treated as such and not as a gateway to actually making lasting sustainable change and changing your habits, then it's fine because it's just a silly diversion and we all need those and and it's kind of fun to rack those up, but it's not a great tool to do what we're talking about in this podcast here. So, okay. So we've established that practice is necessary, but how should we practice? Yes. How should we practice? Well, there's, I just sort of fall back on, there was a study done years ago about um, golfers and they took a, a number of golfers and they had them just whacking balls at the driving range and uh, for like hours and hours a day. And they were hitting like hundreds, maybe thousands of balls. I can't remember exactly. I should have looked up the details of the study. And then they had some other golfers doing much, much less practice in terms of volume and time spent, but they were supposed to envision what they were doing, take a moment to to breathe and and 
think about what they are trying to achieve, where their body position was, how their swing was going, where the ball was going to go, really deliberately practicing all the aspects of the, the golf stroke. And they were doing, I think, like a tenth of the actual execution of the swing, but they were spending more time on each one of it. And it was it was determined or, or defined as deliberate practice. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, that's where the the pay dirt really uh, really kicks in. That's where, as we say, the rubber meets the road. As much as you need to practice, 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 and the repetition is important. The volume of repetition pales in comparison to the actual attention to that repetition. Mm. Deep thoughts. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it it seems really deep, but I think everybody can grasp that idea quite easily when you when you think about it. I mean, if you are just just to stay with the sports analogies, just because that that's an easy one for every or for me anyway to to envision. Let's <laughs> say you're shooting hoops and you're not. I mean, I'm a terrible basketball player. I didn't grow up playing basketball, so I've been <laughs> shooting hoops with my nephew over the last few years. Now that he's old enough to kick my butt at 21, um, he's not 21. The game 21, and we're shooting hoops and if I don't actually pay attention to the way that I'm the way that I'm lining it up, I'm not getting any better. And I'm that repetition without the mindfulness could actually send me in the wrong direction. And I could develop some really bad habits in terms of how I'm how I'm actually handling the ball, how I'm shooting it. And that is the opposite of what we want. I notice I used the word habits. Habits develop from repetition, and if we're practicing our habits in an incorrect way, we will develop the wrong habit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that is completely not our goal here. Well, you mentioned a minute ago that in my other life, I'm a nutritionist, but in my previous life, (laughs) before I was a nutritionist, I was actually, I went to music school, I studied vocal performance, I was an opera singer. And this is something that comes up with musicians all the time. You know, we practice, spend a lot of our time practicing, especially young students. And it's driven home to us that, you know, just repeating a passage or a phrase or a song over and over again with sloppy, poor technique Mm -hmm. or just making the same mistakes over and over again because you're not really paying attention, what you're practicing is bad technique. Mm -hmm. So it would be far better to have fewer repetitions But as you're saying, you know, with real attention to detail and to do it, everything you can to repeat, to make those repetitions, they're the best that you can make them. So it's not just about counting up how many times or how many minutes or hours you spend in the practice room, but the quality of of the practice. Because as you always like to say, Brock, practice makes permanent. So let's make sure we're making the right things permanent. And we've been talking about a lot of like the examples that we've used so far have been sort of sport related or singing related, but the same thing can be applied to what I was talking about earlier in terms of turning off my phone and giving my my attention to to the person who's actually in the room with me and addressing me. If I'm just doing that because I set that up as a rule that I want to adhere to, I could easily become frustrated with it and not be practicing it for the right reasons. So I've found that Earlier today, I I practiced deliberately turning off my phone and actually giving myself a moment and taking a breath to say that is say to myself. I don't want to sound like a crazy person saying this out loud, but I said to myself, "This is not important right now. Put it aside and and focus on your loved one," because I wanted to repeat that in the way that I want to live my life, not just in a frustrated moment of oh she's talking to me and I told myself I was going to turn off my phone. Like there's, there's more to the, to the behavior than just 
performing that action. Yes, I couldn't agree more. We also, it's not enough to just repeat or practice a behavior. We need to practice the thoughts Mm -hmm. that make that behavior logical and consonant. And meaningful, yeah. Yes, I think we don't pay nearly enough attention to the thoughts that we practice. Because the thoughts that we think over and over again, even subconsciously, the ones that we practice, whether or not they're true or whether or not they're the only possible true thing, by repetition, those thoughts become our beliefs. And Mm -hmm. these beliefs powerfully influence our actions and our behaviors. So we don't want to just practice new behaviors. We really need to practice the thoughts that make that behavior logical, like the self-talk. Because Mm -hmm. if we're trying to practice a set of behaviors or any new behavior that somehow misaligned with the thoughts that we're continuing to practice at the same time, our beliefs, we're creating enormous cognitive dissonance. It drains so much energy because we are quite literally working against ourselves. We're trying to Mm. force ourselves to repeat actions or behaviors that are actually in conflict with what we think about who we are and what's possible for us. But when we practice thoughts and self-talk that that are aligned with those behaviors that we want to be practicing, that we want to be creating, then we can tap into our power instead of relying on that force. And so for me, that means thinking about who we want to be and why. We've been talking about that since the very first episodes of the podcast. And focusing on how we're working towards that instead of just thinking defeating thoughts about how we might have tried and failed so many times in the past or that it's really hard or impossible for us to change. I mean, we hear the people that we coach repeat those kinds of things all the time, you know, while they're trying to learn new behaviors, you know, that at the same time they're saying like, yeah, this is so, it's going to be so hard for me to do this, or this is nearly impossible for me to do this. (laughs) And, you know, we believe what we say to ourselves. And the other aspect of, of that, I think is that if we're just repeating something without having the, the beliefs or the, the thought patterns changed, all we're doing is following rules. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, like fighting against, like fighting an uphill battle, let's say, there's a there's a weight loss program out there that awards you points and keeps you on a very low calorie diet that you probably feel miserable on all the time, but you're adhering to. And I don't know if people are getting my allusion to which uh, which weight loss program I'm talking about, but all they're doing is sticking to a set of rules and they're just repeating that behavior of under eating every single day, but it's not rooted in a belief or in a behavior change or in a value or an objective. It's just purely following the rules. And that kind of thing doesn't lead to lasting change. It just leads to frustration and burnout eventually. And that's where sort of I think we get a little confused in, with the word practice being just some sort of repeatedly doing the same behavior. Eventually, this is going to get easier, right? Mm. Right? It's going to get easier. And it doesn't if it's not rooted in some sort of truth. Yeah. And the thoughts that support that. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I think we should probably take a minute just to draw a distinction between practicing new thoughts and uh, and something that's often bandied about in the self-help world, and that is affirmations. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So practicing thoughts to develop new beliefs and then drive new actions and new results, it's not the same as an affirmation because, not necessarily the same, because the thoughts that you are practicing, 
they need to be believable by you. You can't just bullshit yourself into believing (laughs) something simply by saying it over and over again if it's just unbelievable. So let's say my goal is to quit smoking and Mm. my objective is to become a non-smoker. So I could stand in front of the mirror every morning and repeat or say to myself a hundred times, I am a non-smoker. But if I know that I am currently smoking, I know it's a lie. And it doesn't matter how many times I repeat that, it won't make me believe it. And it's certainly not going to, I don't think, create you know change. But I could pick a different thought to practice that is believable for me. I can think I am working on becoming a non-smoker. Mm-hmm. Now that I can actually believe is true, even if I am still currently smoking or sometimes relapsing that thought can continue to be true. I'm working on becoming a non-smoker. And then with that thought, it opens up that whole realm of curiosity, which is also something we've talked about in the past, because then I can start thinking, well, okay, how am I working on that? What does that work look like today? What can I do to make that thought not just believable, but actually true today? So just a, a distinction between practicing thoughts that support the changes that we want to see and just affirming something that we don't actually believe in the hopes that that will make it true. Yeah. And it doesn't kick off that um, release of adrenaline and cortisol that telling those lies to ourselves often does. Like I, I remember when I was quitting smoking and I would, I would say those kinds of things to myself, like I'm not going to smoke today. And there's part of my system that was like, Oh crap, this is going to suck. Like that nervous system kicks off all of a sudden because it knows that's hard and likely impossible and you react accordingly, but using a more realistic approach and saying, I'm going to smoke less today than I have in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, yeah, I can, I can do that. I can, I can make that happen. And and maybe you do go all the way and not smoke that entire day. That often did happen, but it wasn't, it's like you said, you can't lie to yourself. You can't fool your nervous system into believing something that is impossible or or not true or that you don't even full-heartedly, wholeheartedly believe is possible. Yeah. So I guess if you notice that you have self-talk that is actually undermining your ability to make a change, try to find a, a different self-talk that would be more supportive, but that you can you can actually believe is true. Okay. Well, we've given you guys a lot to think about here, and let's uh, let's go through everything. So we talked about the idea that repetition is important. We definitely need to practice, practice, practice when it comes to making a, a new behavior or a new lifestyle or a new belief or anything actually stick, but that there's also more to that practice, practice, practice than uh, there's more to it than just repetition the deliberate practice is is also key so making sure that you're paying attention to the thoughts that precede it the each one of the steps that happens during it and also what what you feel like afterwards and how and how it affects the rest of the time going forward so deliberate practice and then of course focusing on the idea that you can't actually fool yourself and as monica said you can't bullshit yourself into into a new behavior you've got to to be in alignment with your goals and your values and your your underpinning beliefs okay so we have a lab experiment for you to work on surprise until, <laughs> until we come back next time and here's how it goes i'd like you to 
Think of a behavior that you'd like to turn into an established habit. It can be an exercise habit. Maybe it's um, a behavior around snacking. Maybe you're going to try to not snack in the evenings after dinner or in between lunch and dinner, whatever it is. Maybe it's a, a habit. You'd like to develop a habit of tidying up the kitchen before you go upstairs to bed so that you don't have to see dishes in the sink in the morning. Mm. Or maybe you want to get into the habit of reading for a half an hour after dinner or studying something or maybe practicing piano, whatever it is that you're trying to create as a habit. And then notice what are your thoughts about that behavior and about yourself in relationship to that behavior. And then we want you to collect some evidence that you are someone who does that thing, who is working towards that as a goal. So see if you can Find some ways to practice both your behaviors and your beliefs this week that move you closer to the goal. I like that. So we want you guys to join us in the Change Academy, and there's three things you can do to do that. And the first thing is to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, and just click the subscribe button if you happen to be in Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. Just click the subscribe button so you will get all of the updates Um, You may or may not have noticed we don't release this podcast on a super regular predictable schedule. So if you're subscribed, you don't have to worry about it. It'll just appear in your feed. You can also go over to changeacademypodcast.com and we've got a newsletter there that you can sign up for and we'll, uh, we'll reach out to you if we have exciting news and events and things like that. Don't worry, no spam. We hate spam as much as you do. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are Change ACPOD or Change ACK for Academy and POD for Podcast. Change ACK Pod on all of those. And once you have connected with us in any of those ways, we want to know what you're working on and how we can help. So please let us know. And hey, if one of the things that you are working on is finding a healthier relationship with food and your body and your weight, please check out the resources that Brock and I have created at wayless.life. This is a program that we coach uh, for people who are working on sustainable weight loss. So if that's one of your goals, we'd love to share those resources with you. You'll find them at wayless.life. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This was a a fun episode. Hopefully you can put it into practice. And I just want to leave you with parting words, which is in this life, make sure that you remain open, ready and willing for change so you can embrace it in your life. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Remember, practice makes permanence. This has been the Change Academy. Thanks for listening.